0: Many people have been asking me, how did I get my podcast up and running that quickly? Well, the secret is Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It can also help you to distribute a podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from a podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested, find out more download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello everyone and welcome to HR Academy, a podcast where we tackle all things HR in the Asia region. I'm your host Adrian Tan, a HR entrepreneur and a recent HR tech advocate. In each episode, I interview prominent HR leaders to find out about their thoughts in human capital, their biggest HR accomplishments, as well as their favorite failures. My guests include HR leaders from Grab, Grumfus, Changi Airport Group, and many more. This episode is brought to you by Meet and Engage, a real-time chat service designed by recruiters for recruiters. I like this as it does things other chat services can't do. There's no downloads, no disclosing private data. It works on all devices and reflects the employer brand. The best feature though is moderated group chat, where recruiters have one conversation with many people at the same time, while protecting the employer brand and individual's privacy. Just imagine the time you can save over phone calls and emails. Find out more at meetandengage.com. Mention my name and get an extra 3 months on your subscription for free. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Sam Neal. Sam is currently serving at Changi Airport Group People Team as a business partner and scholarship engagement officer. His burning passion for HR has seen him take on a diverse range of roles over his young career. Sam's strong belief in the potential of the profession is what drives him towards delivering excellence and great value to all his stakeholders. Sam is a recipient of MOM's National Human Resource Scholarship, as well as the winner for HRD Rising Star in 2016. I'm very excited to have you on the show today to share a bit more about what you are doing in HR. I've heard so much about you and I believe my listeners will be interested to find out what you have done as well. So to kick things off, could you share a bit more about your role in HR?
1: At this moment, my role in HR is a HR business partner. Mm-hmm. I'm also taking care of the scholarship portfolio alongside some other engagement and cultural building stuff within the team itself. So that's pretty much what I do at this moment as a whole. Yeah.
0: I see. Okay. Now, I always like to understand the vast difference between what we wanted to do when we were younger versus what we have ended up to be. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? <laughs>
1: As a kid, I always tell my parents that I want to be an inventor. I'm not sure whether that's an official term, but I always wanted to create things, wanted to have like, you know, create flying cars and stuff like this, which apparently, you know, is in the pipeline now in the tech world. But um, when I grew up, you know, somehow things changed a little bit. I realized I'm not so um, the engineering kind of person. And in fact, I'm more a people person in some sense. It comes to me a little bit more easily, more naturally. So somehow I got in the field of HR. Mm. But it didn't quite deviate in my opinion from what I want to do in childhood because I'm still creating things. Yeah, you know, mm. which is pretty interesting. For example, new initiatives and stuff like that. Which is why I, I did a major in marketing and HR. You know, many people in university when they do business admin they talk about, for example, likes of finance, which gives you the big dollars you know, in the banks and stuff like that back in the days. So for me, why I chose marketing HR? Because I, I found that these two disciplines on specialization gave me the room to actually create things out of nothing, which was pretty like what I want to do at childhood as an inventor per se. So yeah, that's how I got into HR. And
0: I also understand you actually was a recipient of Ministry of Manpower Scholarship.
1: Yeah, that was back in 2011.
0: 2011. And that, I reckon, would also pave the way for you to get into HR as well?
1: Yes, I must say I was pretty fortunate. That was the first year. And Mm. typically, I mean, for me, since young, I was more like a... Just an above average kind of student. I never ever thought I would secure a scholarship. But when this opportunity came... My family, my wife said, hey, why not just give it a shot since you're so passionate about this field, you're so interested. And I thought as well, you know, back then, it was the inaugural batch. So maybe it's less competitive, give it a shot. And thankfully, I was blessed to get this scholarship, which paved my way, like you rightly mentioned, mm. into Capo, which was the my first thing as a HR professional.
0: Okay. And Capo is the company that you were with before your, your current role?
1: Yes, that was my first role, which I was there for about three years.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in your current role as a business partner, could you describe to us what's your typical work day like?
1: I must say there is no typical work day because, as a business partner, it's a bit more operational and it's a bit more dynamic per se. Hmm. So, every day is a new challenge. I must admit, um, it can range from sometimes you know deal with disciplinary stuff. It can comes with like you know staff engagement stuff, for example. It can come with new initiatives where you come up with new plans for um design and stuff like so every single day you have new challenges you have new stakeholders to deal with you have new issues new exciting plans ahead so i won't say there's a typical day but if there's a typical day it will be a dynamic situation for me every single day so it's pretty interesting
0: i see that sounds like interesting work that you have there so across your career so far uh Mm. what would you reckon to be your proudest hr moment
1: I think typically when people talk about proudest moment it's probably like the awards you receive and stuff like that. For me, I would say it's a very small thing which was last year in 2016 where I had received a nomination even though I didn't win the award but it was a nomination from one of my line managers to say that he was really appreciative you know, about how I went the extra mile to engage them even though it wasn't really my scope of work to actually put in the effort to understand their issues better and stuff like that. It really heartened me it was really a nice feeling that i made a difference as a hr professional i mean that was a proud moment even though it wasn't a significant thing to most people but for me it touched me and made me feel like what i did was really worth the effort and definitely one of the proudest moments i have so far that you know i felt there was recognition in terms of making it a difference making an impact in people's life
0: Wow, that must felt awesome to you at that point yep
1: definitely
0: definitely yeah and and given HR has uh, is such a challenging job I'm very certain that would also be a certain period where things didn't go that well uh, mm. i I prefer to call it uh, our favorite failure because behind every lessons behind every failure there's always a lesson that we can learn from so personally mm. for yourself what have been your favorite failure in HR I think
1: I'm I must say in a short career, about five years or so, I'm pretty lucky at this moment, having good teams, good support. So I won't quite say that I have a really significant failure at this moment, thankfully. Um, but I would say on and off, you do see things that don't quite go your way. I mean, if we define that as failure in some sense. Uh, for me, perhaps at times I feel like, you know, things that I've learned or Seen pretty much getting similar and for me i start to question myself am i really doing the right way am i um, still learning still growing that actually worries me a little bit so if you ask me lowest moment and it's probably at the point of time where i started doing things and feel like hey, am i still growing that's probably something that's worrying me and also i mean interestingly what that led to was the engagement with a few mentors that I had that actually helped me grow a lot faster since I would say sometime last year. Mm-hmm. And that was actually very encouraging without, you know, the self-doubt to some extent at times, whether I'm growing, whether I'm learning, I wouldn't have seeked out of my comfort zone to, you know, look for help. Because I mean, typically like Asians like us, I'm going to say a general Asian, typical Asian, we are a bit afraid of reaching out to people. We feel like we are troubling people, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that was how I was brought up in a way. You know, I tried to resolve issues on my own, try to internalize rather than asking questions, which is not the way to go. I mean, through the episodes of self-doubt and stuff, I learned that people are more than willing to help you, mm. are willing to reach out to them in the first place. Of course, it doesn't apply to every single one, but there are more, than, more people than you expect in the market or out there who are willing to lend a helping hand if you are willing to just ask, can I get your advice? Can I get a thought on this? The likes of my mentors, for example, che Wee, Lawrence, Abby, who I very work very closely with and impact me quite a fair bit, have mm. taught me a lot, and they were really giving me a lot of stuff, you know, without asking for anything in return. That was really heartening for me. Yeah, yeah
0: I see. So, so I, I take it from you mm-hmm. that uh, it's really about uh, reaching out to people to get the information, and probably in doing so, you have to put on a learning hat to really believe that all these are not just a a low point but it's actually something that you can learn from and just keep growing as an individual
1: yeah I must say so And I saw a quote recently more about rather than thinking it's failure you found ways that didn't work you know, so it is a very positive mindset, and for me, that's how I take things. Mm-hmm. Everything you do, my mom always tell me this. Something interesting. Everything you do, you learn something, which is the mantra that I, you know, uh, embrace every single day. Whether you're doing like the very simple administrative role or something that's more impactful, every th- small things you do, whether you do well or you found ways that didn't quite work, you learn something and you grow from there. I think that's very important in my opinion.
0: I love that. So uh, having been in HR for quite some time, in today's context, what do you think is the top challenge facing HR today?
1: I would say it's HR. You know, recently, you keep hearing a lot about the technology, artificial intelligence, going to replace a lot of jobs in the near future. So likewise for HR, I think it's about how we can embrace this technology, how we can actually integrate it with our workforce and help equip and optimize our workforce so that you know they can utilize and leverage on all this technology in the near future rather than being afraid of losing their jobs because of that and become redundant because of that. I mean, as a HR professional, our focus is on our people, how we can enable them to take the business forward, in my opinion. But if the last thing you want to see is that people lose their job due to all these technology changes, so how can we actually help optimize them, equip them with the ability to do so and embrace it so that technology is there to help complement what they do rather than replace them as a whole. I think that's pretty important.
0: In your personal recommendation, for anyone that might relate to this, what do you think is the first step this HR person should take to reach a good outcome in consideration of what you just mentioned?
1: To me, the first important thing is definitely to encourage a mindset shift. Through education, through advocation, and having people to champion it. Because a lot of times people are used to doing certain things in certain ways. They're getting comfortable. And most people don't like to get out of comfort zone, even though we say we do, but a lot of times we just go back to our comfort level, comfort zone. So with the new disruptive technologies in the market and we seemingly have it more and more frequently and in a shorter time frame nowadays, it's important to help them instill this mindset that you know hey changes are coming more rapidly like it or not it's going to be a way of life and if you don't embrace yourself you don't adapt you don't open your mind to learn you will lose your job and lose your livelihood very soon so as HR professional to help our employees help our team help organization grow and ensure that the jobs are kept and further enhanced in a way I think the first and most most important thing would be then to shift the mindset, to educate them of the importance and help them assimilate into this role in the near future.
0: Given that you mentioned about AI and all that, I'm I'm very certain it it sounds like you are very much into the technology portion that drives and uh, accelerate or improve HR. So (laughs) across your career, what have caught your eye in terms of HR technology specific product that you might be using or tools that you have come across mm. is there anything that really fancy you or interests you uh,
1: I've been following your blog <laughs> so I've seen quite a <laughs> fair bit so I think it's very comprehensive for me one important area that I really believe in is mentorship like I said just now if I haven't reached my kind of low point in some sense I wouldn't have reached out people and wouldn't have gotten three very helpful and very impactful HR mentors, in my opinion. So likewise, for HR tech-wise, I would say that this tech tool, Unibly, U-N-I-B-L-Y, a mentoring app, has been pretty useful. And I think it's an up-and-coming tool that I'll recommend people to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of why, I would say it's a very easy-to-use tool. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, even though it's pretty new, I must say that It's helped me link out with different mentors in the market and it's helped ease the mentoring process. For example, in terms of communication, in terms of tracking goals, in terms of reviewing goals, I think it's been a relatively um, effective tool at this moment, even though I understand from them that they're still upgrading, which I'm looking forward to the new features as well
0: understand so for the listeners out there there'll be unibly unibly.com feel free to check it out if you're interested to look into some form of mentorship platform to help you create a more structured mentoring program now next thing i'd like to understand from you is your advice to people who might be looking or considering to pursue a career in hr what is the one thing that you'd like to let
1: them know one thing, oh, actually I actually have a lot of things to share. <laughs> <laughs> Feel uh, free to share all of them. Okay, maybe I'll just touch on a few key points. Uh, if for a young individual who wants to go to HR, if you're looking to earn big bucks, don't join HR. <laughs> if you're looking for a glamorous job, don't join HR. If you're looking to uh, not do any dirty work, don't join HR. I think these are some key advice and practical advice that I like to give people who think that HR is very beautiful at this moment to create some realistic expectation for a start. I'm not saying that HR is a bad career. I'm in it because I see a great potential in HR. But for a start at this moment, I must say that it's still a work in progress. And that's why it excites me because there's a lot of room for growth. But if you are here right away looking to earn the big bucks and stuff like that, I think that's not the right career for you. It's only a right career for you if you are really have a strong intent to make a difference in people's life with a strong belief that HR can be a strategic partner in the longer term or in the near future because of what you do and what you put in at this moment, then perhaps join us as an HR professional to update the profession.
0: Mm, thank you so much. I, I'm very certain this will be very useful for all those uh, young people out there who are considering a career into HR. It's really about believing in people and taking a very people-centric approach. Uh, and I, I do believe if, you, if that's an approach that you have, that's a belief that you have, work hard enough and uh, although you can make big bucks, but I'm very certain the right amount of money will come your way.
1: Maybe I'll say that, you know, the big bucks part can come for those who really do well or really can make an impact. But if you're really looking for quick money and stuff like that, maybe something like sales will be a better option. Yeah,
0: yeah got that. For all the business leaders out there, uh, is there a HR message that you'd like to drive across to them?
1: I would say that um, HR is no longer just an administrative function to my previous point even though i say that hr is still growing still developing still working towards being a real strategic partner i would say that yes it's in the midst of transition and i see more and more value in the function where we can do more it's just a matter whether or not we can get the buy-in from business and whether business leaders see the link that hr can bring towards delivering business goals and optimizing your people your talent so as to achieving what the company sets out to do, so my message is really believe in your people, believe in your HR team, and don't underutilize them as just your personnel department, your admin support. That would be a real, real pity for companies itself.
0: Mm, I, I truly agree. Uh, I always feel that in all organization, uh, when it comes to machinery, comes to technology, if you could buy. SAP, I can buy Oracle. So that even Mm. things out. Uh, But end of the day, the key differentiation is really the people. And that should really be the most valuable asset. And that could only come about if you have a dedicated department or personnel to really take care of all these matters definitely so yeah so uh, thank you so much Sam uh, for today's conversation uh, my pleasure learning so much about yourself so f- for people who might be keen to learn more about you or to reach out to you where can they find you online?
1: I think the easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn uh, just search Sam n e o S-A-M N-E-O should be able to find me pretty easily yeah
0: okay awesome thank you so much thanks for coming on to the show and I wish you all the best
1: thanks Adrian all the best as well thank you bye
0: This episode is brought to you by Meet and Engage, a real-time chat service designed by recruiters for recruiters. I like this as it does things other chat services can't do. There's no downloads, no disclosing private data, it works on all devices and reflects the employer brand. The best feature though is moderated group chat, where recruiters have one conversation with many people at the same time, while protecting the employer brand and individual's privacy. Just imagine the time you can save over phone calls and emails. Find out more at meetandengage.com. Mention my name and get an extra three months on your subscription for free. Thank you for listening to the HR Academy. I hope you enjoyed this episode and many more to come. I would really appreciate if you could leave your feedback and review on iTunes. That will help in letting more people know about this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about HR, go to my website at adriantan.com.sg why are about HR and HR technology?